to Inner Bloom, a podcast about how to live a happier, healthier, more harmonious life as you learn how to work with the universe, reconnect with your intuition, and bloom from within. I'm Alexa, a writer, producer, and EFT practitioner with a passion for all things metaphysical. And with me is my friend and co-host, Ambie. I'm Ambie, a physical therapy assistant, mom of three, an intuitive medium who has been communicating with the spirit world since the age of five. Some might call it woo-woo, but from our perspective, anything is possible, and we intend to normalize the abnormal by sharing our own life experiences as well as intuitive insights, channeled material, wisdom from special guests, and any other resources we believe will help our souls expand and thrive. Hello, all you bloomers. Welcome back to another episode. I am your host, Alexa, and with me is Ambrosia the Great. Ooh, I like that. That's so fancy. I know. I thought you of all you shall like, refer to me as Ambrosia the Great now. <laughs> I thought of you with like a top hat and like a really? stage light. Yeah. Ambrosia oh, the Great. I was thinking. I was thinking more of like like uh, what was the? Never mind. Forget it. <laughs> Oh, like the conqueror? Yes. Yes. I couldn't think <laughs> Who of the knows? words. There's still, There's still time. There's still time in this lifetime. Everyone watch out. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, awesome. Uh, we are really excited because today we have a very special guest with us. Ethos de Leon has been embarking on a spiritual and healing journey since 2016. Since giving themselves permission to take the time to heal and develop self-love, the amount of infinite possibilities and opportunities open for them. Ethos began as a social justice warrior, co-creating and advocating for movements such as Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ, immigration, and indigenous rights activism in Washington, D.C., They have also created an interactive art exhibit for the Burning Man camp, Transformation, in 2017, served as the art director of Catharsis on the Mall for the last two years, have been elected to the board of directors for Catharsis on the Mall by the Catharsis community, founded a podcast titled Shifting the Narrative through Psychedelic Healing and Storytelling, and continues to create spaces and events with the intention that everything is medicine for those who come into those spaces. Ethos loves to help remind those who interact with them that they are creators and the most innate thing to being human is to feel and to create. Ethos is inspired to also help shift the narrative of the way that we speak to ourselves, to others, and to Mother Gaia. Every day, Ethos is active in setting intention, determination, and action to help guide the shift and awakening of the earth and the living beings within it. Hi, Ethos. Welcome to the show. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here with you all. Yeah, it's such an honor for us to have you. And I, just me reading through that intro, I couldn't stop smiling the whole time. I felt like it was like, um, just that intro was medicine, truly. And, you know, um, I don't know, I just, I'm just going to share on my end personally that from, so Ethos is another one of our Purium family. And um, <laughs> Superfood Squad. And, um, you know, as part of Purium, we're on Zooms quite a bit, seeing people from all over, you know, the, the country and all over the place who are working on this. And I remember seeing you, Ethos, the first time. And I just was like, who is that? Like, 
what? Who is that? Like, and I just felt your energy from afar. And I just remember saying to myself, I'm going to meet Ethos. I'm going to meet Ethos. And um, and so we got to meet at Purium. You drew amazing art on my body that I literally didn't wash off for, I'm not kidding, <laughs> 10 days, which was probably not a good idea, but I just like didn't want to take it off. So I tried really hard to protect it. <laughs> Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that, you know, and and part of the intro explains that three years ago, I dedicated my life to the self-healing journey. Before that, I would say I definitely didn't even resonate that type of energy and even existed in like a toxic way. So for me, it's such a blessing and, and such an honor to be hearing compliments and edification like that. So like, thank you for seeing and witnessing me. Um, like, I'm always blown away. I'm like, whoa, this is what people think of me? Like, wow. Like, so thank you again for expressing that. It really, truly means a lot. And meeting the both of you in Kauai was truly like a blessing for me. So thank you for carrying my art on your body for 10 days (laughs) while you were out there. Truly, like, truly, like, I'm honored to be here with the both of you. Oh, that's... So now your your art is amazing. You've gifted me the opportunity to see some of your art over over the phone, and it is breathtaking. Um, Ethos and I, I was a little weird when I first met Ethos because I was actually like looking up your Facebook page. So like the first thing that came out when I met Ethos was I Facebook stalked you, and then you just like <laughs> didn't know what to say because what do you say to someone? And then I was like, what is your deal, Ambie? Like, calm down. But I was, it was one of those things where, like Alexa said, your energy is magnetic. So I wanted to, like, see more about you. And then I saw your artwork, and I was like, holy crap. And then when I saw you <laughs> in real life at Purium, I was like, okay, okay, I'm going to go talk to them. I'm going to go talk to them. And, like, <laughs> I had to, like, psych myself up. And I did it. And then like you drew amazing artwork on my face too. It was, it was really cool. I had to wash mine off because it was on my face, but it was, <laughs> I took lots of pictures. Yes. Um, yeah, Ethos, it was really amazing linking up with you in person. And um, I think like the best place to start probably would be the beginning. You know, I, I know you have a probably haven't a lot of stories you could tell, but what's, you know, what do you feel is most relevant to share about your journey and your story that's led up to where you are now? Can I also ask like what brought you into a little bit about before you had this spiritual awakening? I don't know if that's where Alexa was going, but that's what I'm asking. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for letting me share my story. First off, I always love to express the gratitude Um, so I was born and raised in Las Vegas, Nevada to a white Southern mother and a Filipino father who were, and I was born and raised in the Mormon or the LDS church, which is very conservative, very restrictive life. And since I was two years old, I have always been in this female body, but resonating and embodying more of the masculine. And back in the 90s, that's something that just wasn't accepted. It wasn't even talked about. So I was always known as that weirdo kid that that is a girl but looks like a boy. And and I was honestly tormented and bullied for as long as I can remember. I would say even up to this day, people 
even try to do that now. And, and I'd say even with my parents, I didn't have a good relationship with them. My mother left my father because he was physically abusive and he was about to be abusive towards me. Um, and in, and at the same breath, my mother was emotionally and mentally abusive. Um, through my healing journey, I started recognizing a voice inside my head that was telling me I wasn't enough and I wasn't good enough. I wasn't worthy. I wasn't deserving. And that actually came from my mother. I remember so many, the most of the things she said to me was that I wasn't worth it and I wasn't going anywhere in my life. And that kind of set the tone for the victimhood life that I lived all the way until, until recently. And then when I was 17, I decided that I no longer wanted to be this Mormon kid. It wasn't, wasn't resonating with me. I was, it wasn't good for me. It was no longer serving me. And so, and because I also wanted to drink, I wanted to party and I wanted to be gay. I wanted to be open and I wanted to be gay. And so in turn, I like really embodied in order to protect myself from being so queer, um, what, what a lot of people call toxic masculinity. And so I was like this jock and this partier playing beer pong and hanging out with the bros and always like stepping up to people, starting fights and, and also like defending and defending my friends while we were out getting blackout drunk. Um, and that perpetrated in the way that I communicated, the way that I talked, the way that I talked to myself. I wasn't allowing myself to be vulnerable or share my emotions, which led me to enlisting in the military when I was 18 years old. So I joined the U.S. Army um, because I didn't know what else to do. I didn't think I was going to be alive for that long. I was depressed and suicidal also. That was another, I had a lot of mental health issues. So I was like, okay, I'm going to join the military. I don't know what else to do. And so eventually I went off to college and that really changed my life because I went to this amazing, beautiful university named Soka University of America based in Buddhist principles. And I was surrounded by all these Buddhists, like able to do these superhuman things while also being compassionate and nice um, while being stressed out because it's college. And, and eventually another part where I call my soft awakening is I went to the military training and I completely lost who I was because don't ask, don't tell was still enacted. So I had to go back in the closet and I came out of that training, not knowing who I was. I was like so repressed that I tried to take my life in November of 2011. And from the moment I started taking the pills and I kept taking and kept taking them. And then when I started to settle, I realized I don't want to leave. Like I want to live. This is the first time in my life at age 20, 21 that I wanted to live. And I call that my soft awakening because I opened myself back up to spirituality. And I joined the Buddhism group, Nichiren Buddhism, which chants Nam-myoho-renge-kyo, I'm devoted to the mystic law, um, and started opening myself up to being the spiritual being that I, that I truly have always been. And all those things really shaped up. Um, and I graduated college and things were tough. I didn't know where I fitted, fit in this system. I didn't know where I belonged. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't think I was going to live past 15, past 18, past 22. And now here I am at 23 and I'm like, okay, what do I do? So I literally did everything that wasn't me. And that didn't, that wasn't me. Yeah. At all. I served, I taught, 
I once again was still in the military for a little while after college. I bartended, I baristaed, I went door to door selling a really scammy makeup business <laughs> and, and then went back into the restaurant industry. And I was so, so miserable, so miserable that I was also overcompensating because I thought my value was based in my work, but not who I am. So I overworked and I worked for other people, which led me to not having an actual understanding of my own perception of reality and of my truth, because I was being gaslit and influenced by so many people. So by November 2016, I had another mental breakdown after the elections happened. In D.C., the energetics, when that, when that election happened, literally was like, it was a little bit more airy during the Obama time, but the moment 45 got elected, all the energy just compressed on the entire city. Mm, I bet. And um, I had a mental breakdown and I almost checked myself into a mental health institute because I was also just drinking because that was the only thing I knew how to compensate for the way I was feeling at the time. And then when I came sober to, I was like, I'm done. I lost this job. I got fired for trying to report injustices that were happening. I'm not happy. I'm miserable. I need to do something. So something in my mind was like, you need to dedicate yourself to your healing. You need to take unemployment. You need to set standards and boundaries and not break those boundaries. And then there's a whole story after that, but that's kind of where I've been, where I was and where, where I was at, that has helped me to be where I am today. Um, yeah. So yeah, thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> That's an amazing story, and I think one. Oh, and I think one that um, you know a lot of people listening can probably relate to different aspects of that for sure. Um, yeah. And I think, and Ambie, what was the question that you asked before? What What was the catalyst that set the spiritual growth in in motion? Oh, okay, <laughs> and. Did you, you know, you said you've like really put a lot into like your spiritual healing, right? Like your, and what are, I'm just curious because every time you talk about it, I'm like, so what exactly have you, I don't know, have you sat in ceremony? Have you done ayahuasca ceremony, plant plant medicine? Like what's been your experience with that? I think a lot of people are interested in, in that. Yeah, absolutely. So after I dedicated my life to my self-healing journey in November, as you can imagine, Washington, D.C. blew up with, like, activism. Like, there was one activist meeting here, another potluck here, another organizing here, there, there, and there. And I chose one, I believe it was, like, called Smash Racism or Smash Fascism uh, Potluck. And I showed up to it. And instead of actually participating in the potluck, I met this gentleman named Adam Eidinger, who actually legalized cannabis in Washington, D.C. in 2014. And I started engaging in activism again, because in 2013, I came out to Washington, D.C. for the first time and participated in the DOMA and Prop 8 um, hearings and protests. And it sincerely like changed my life and motivated me. So I started doing activism again and even got a part time job working for the cannabis legalization movement. And on and I just in the beginning, I just started reading. I just was reading, I was reading philosophy, especially um, existentialism, such as Jean-Paul Sartre and Simone de Beauvoir and Merleau-Ponty. And that really opened things up for me and made me realize that 
right now we're experiencing kind of the same thing that existentialists went through in post World War II. We're in a time where there's no philosophy, theory, science that can explain what we're, what is happening to us as, uh, as, as one whole. And, and so I just dove deep into that. Um, although I did a demonstration, cannabis demonstration on 420, where we were legally gifting cannabis on the streets of DC because that's within the law. And because we called up Jeff Sessions in the nomination and got a lot of bad press on him, we actually got um, unlawfully arrested and were held in central holding for over 24 hours. For me, I got put into solitary even um, for about six hours. And I had a complete anxiety attack um, because of it. Um, mm-hmm. It was very, very triggering for me. I don't, I'm not sure why, if like if it was a past life thing that I was remembering, because I haven't been arrested in that way before in my life, um, but it was triggering. So the weekend after was climate, was a climate march. And my friends actually worked <laughs> with, L- or, or took some LSD. And I've, and I, and I was definitely in the D.A.R.E. program. I could still sing the D.A.R.E. song to you, being in the military, being Mormon. I was completely brainwashed by the war on drugs, but they looked like they were having so much fun and just letting loose. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. I'll just do it. So I dosed. And I will say the craziest experience, my mind was going 100 trillion miles per hour, which it already does, but it was going even faster. But by the end of it, for the first time in my life ever, I experienced stillness Mm. where things were quiet. And I was like, what is this? I need to know more. So I continue to work with LSD. Um, especially when I went to Burning Man for my first time and worked with it a lot there. Um, I just kept getting gifted it, gifted, gifted. I was like, here's some more LSD, here's some more, here's some more. And at one point, I remember, this is where my heart awakening happened. At one point, I remember spending some time with two friends and this one gentleman just had this sense of divinity and warmth within him. And it freaked me out. I was like, who are you? And it made me realize that divinity is is not this God in the sky, particularly a being, but it's this resonance, this energy that we as human beings can have within us. So I left Bernie Man and I was freaking out. I was not integrating well. I was like, oh my God, Archangel Gabriel and the Indigo <laughs> Children and, and this and that and like all this. And I'm like freaking out because I was literally atheist and then I only became Buddhist because it tied in with science very well and it made sense. Mm. But I'm like, oh my gosh, this exists here. So the day I got back to, to DC, I ended up getting gifted a trip, a completely paid for a trip to the Sacred Valley of Peru to work with grandmother Ayahuasca and grandfather Washuma for 11 days. And I'm like, okay, I don't have any money. Um, I just got gifted the flight and this $2,000 retreat. I'm going to somehow figure out how to get some kind of money in my pocket and go. So I only made it out of like about $250 to go. And then I get to the, and then there's so many tribulations just to get out there I end up having zero dollars by the time I get out there and then I work with the plants and I have what what my mentor calls a metamorphosis in my second ayahuasca ceremony where I metamorphosize into my light being and let go of so much dark darkness and things in my shelves that that 
at one point served me, but no longer were serving me in where I was headed. Mm. And I continued now to work with LSD and mushrooms, and I'm very open to a lot of psychedelic healing in the right setting setting. Still working with grandmother. She's calling me back to eventually work with the dieta with her. Um, but that's more on the substance end. What was really important was to actually not have these substances be a dominant part of my life and how to resonate in that vibration soberly and with myself. So a few months later, superfoods come into my life. <laughs> And I'm like, all right, spirit, you're bringing superfoods into my life for whatever reason. I'm going to say yes. And from the get-go, I said yes. And now I'm able to resonate on that frequency, on that vibration, um, without the use of psychedelics, without the exact use of plant medicines. But I welcome them into my life when spirit brings them as a gift. So, Zet, I feel like I answered some of it. Yeah, no, that, that was a very comprehensive answer. I, um, yeah, you took me on a journey. I mean, I personally have cons- ayahuasca has been popping up for me for years, and I constantly, it's like I, I feel like I'm being called to it. Just, I'm not sure if just yet. So I was interested in your experience in it, and I think, and I, I love the whole trajectory you gave us there. Um, Actually, while we're on this, do you want to give a little bit just, you know, since you ended on superfoods, do you want to just share maybe what what Purium is like to you, what that whole experience and opportunity is for someone who's listening? Yeah, absolutely. So I always like to give a little – I'm a storyteller, so I like to give a little story. So when I was working with grandmother in Washuma, I wasn't having that many visions or like uh, – you know, vision, like visionary experiences. And for me being a visual artist, it was really upsetting. I was like, I want to see all the pretty things and this and that, and I'm not. And a shaman, one of the, one of the Andean men that I was, that was working with us says, he said it in Spanish. He's like, the plants are working on your gut. The plants are working on your gut. Wow. And because I I was eating meat, I was eating however I wanted because I have, that's a whole other story about my health and nutrition and food. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and so I wasn't getting the experience that I wanted because my gut was literally a mess. And as I continued to work with, with other psychedelics afterwards, the continuous message I was receiving, I look at things with meat in it and I look at things with cheese in it while I was tripping and, I'd feel disgusted with myself, but mm. I would still eat the things. And I didn't know how to be better. I didn't know how to be healthier. And so I met Fish at Desert Hearts when I was out in California, living out there for, for a little bit. And I tried the superfoods that he had. And I felt I, that weekend, I barely ate actual food. I was more energized than I'd ever been. I wasn't showering, but my acne was gone. And I was like, right now. So I reached out and for me, involving myself in superfoods was actually the next step in the journey, in the healing journey. As you heal your mind and you heal your spirit, your body, whatever your body that follows right after that. So next was healing my body, but I needed to be approachable. I was literally in that last year, I drove across the country six different times Wow. And for those of you that drive across the country, you know that the South and the Midwest 
there's nothing but fast food for you to eat out there. Yeah. And I was sick of it. I knew it was not, I knew it was not good for me. So I welcomed the superfoods in my life because I wanted the way my inner vibration, the way that I felt my vibration to resonate with my body and to resonate outwardly. I didn't want to be this chunky person that I became because (laughs) I was sitting in my car driving for three hours across the border from Tijuana to San Diego at the time. And, and I gained a lot of weight and I didn't like it. It makes, makes me feel insecure because I also have some body dysphoria. Um, that's a whole other story also. Um, I hear you. Yeah. (laughs) And so, and so the superfoods for me became a tool to heal without psychedelic medicines, to stay sober and to connect back to the plants. It was a way for me to dive deep into releasing the things in our gut, especially as Americans and the way that our entire system is where we have no way to release. We're not like in Peru where they're purging all the time. We're here and we let things stagnate, but Curium and these superfoods allow for that release for that, for that beautiful cycle of receiving and giving and letting go and taking in to happen. Um, and to also allow myself to, to give myself the permission to dive deep into my emotions because our gut is a huge source of our emotions. It's connected to our mind. There is no separateness. It's all the same. It's all interconnected. Um, so the superfoods has literally changed my life in so many ways. That could be a whole podcast on its own. And, and I'm able to do 16 to 17 hour work days, get four hours of sleep, then rock it. I really believe it's superfoods for superhumans. So if you want to become superhuman, you should definitely get some superfoods. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Love it. Thank you for sharing that. Awesome. Thank you for asking. (laughs) So what are you doing now? We've talked about, you know, your journey. So what's happening for you right now? Yeah, definitely. So right now I am like just what I'm doing wise is I'm producing this amazing event called Catharsis on the Mall. For those of you that are burners, I like to say it's the biggest gift that burners can give back default world because what it is it's literally a burner-esque type event even with the sacred fire right in front of the washington monument in the middle of a city and is radically accessible meaning that it's free it's unticketed you can literally just walk on and be there and that's what i mainly do because i believe that festivals burns burning man any of those types of events are actually a really great party disguised as a consciousness movement because there's so many different layers of modalities of healing there. Where it starts, it starts with dancing. It starts with moving your body and getting loose, right? And just like moving. And then from there, you're like, okay, that feels really great, but I want to learn something now or I want to go to a workshop. Cool, I can literally turn around and there's probably a workshop going on right over there. And then you see art pieces. And what I really learned about Burning Man this year and festivals is that everything that we have in this world is made to build human connection. Because I won't lie, I feel like sometimes I'm really awkward. So I carry around art with me in any way, shape, or form. And that way I can connect with people in such an easier way. That's why I literally have tribal markers with me everywhere. Um, Because I I don't do the, hey, how are you? How's the weather? Like, (laughs) 
Uh, Ethos, I'm awkward too. As well, you saw. <laughs> it was, I didn't even think anything of it, honestly. Literally, so. I've never been so awkward in my whole life. <laughs> so go ahead. Was I not around for this? You weren't around. Oh. No. <laughs> you weren't around. I'm glad. You actually saved me with Sarah, but with Ethos, no oh, one was nope, there to save there. me from being awkward. It was just like, good luck. <laughs> awkwardness is endearing guys well i'm very endearing (laughs) so when you get two awkward people together it's even more awkward yeah (laughs) so we were both just awkward together so it worked out really well (laughs) neither one of us realized the awkwardness from the other right epic but um yeah and then when i'm in the middle of all that i also like i said the superfoods have changed my life so much so i'm sharing that full time also also one of the biggest things that I learned in the past three years of my healing journey is that there are these paradigms, these old obsolete paradigms that literally have been programmed in us. And I've been exploring, like I said, reading book after book after book and creating research of what those paradigms are and how to shift that narrative. So I also created an amazing podcast that also serves as a workshop called Shifting the Narratives, and we explore those eight paradigms. And I bring in really dope people who have shifted that narrative. So last week, I was talking about cannabis and how it helps um, a mom and her 11 daughter has epilepsy Mm. shift the narrative around cannabis and the war on drugs. Um, So yeah, I'm all about really everything I do is in service to Mother Gaia and to the plants and to spirit because I strongly feel a calling to serve as a messenger of source to help guide and to help, yeah, guide the ascension, to guide what is happening to us right now in the most approachable, realistic, not so woo-woo, but woo-woo-ish as possible. Woo-woo-ish. 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 That (laughs) woo-woo-ish. Um. Yeah, so shifting the narratives. I love that as um as a podcast idea. I think it's so necessary and you're like mm-hmm. the perfect person to do it. So it's obviously, you know, born from you and perfect for, from you and so looking forward to seeing that develop more and everybody listening, you can check it out now. It's on iTunes, right? Um I'm currently working on getting uploaded right now. The best way to check it out is on Facebook. So facebook.com oh, Facebook for podcast shifting the narratives right now um, I'm working with a radio station who will be doing all the uploading which is really nice but right now we're pretty cool that's amazing we'll we'll put the link to that in the show notes for those of you that want to check it out right now Um, that's beautiful Um, yeah that's amazing (laughs) so I have another Ambie did you want to chime in or Nah, go for it. You've got a question. Yeah. Go for it. Um, Well, I I had a question just pop up. So, you know, you were talking about how you were going through this like really toxic – like the way you were describing yourself. I mean, uh, it Mm -hmm. seems like we would not even recognize you, right, back then. Like starting – I'm like, starting fights? What? Like, you know, because we know you as the way we know you now. But obviously everybody goes through their own transformation and, you know. um, So I guess my question that that popped up was – so do you think that you going through that, you know, the complete opposite of how you are now is um, 
was like an intense catalyst for bringing you into the place that you are now. And in, and my follow-up to that is, do you think that the people who some of us might see or view as like, oh, that person is being very toxic, right? Like being very aggressive or whatever, very out of alignment, whatever it is. Do you think that everyone is essentially going through that same process now? Like, do you think everyone in this life, in this current reality, is meant to go through the same process that you went through? I don't – I guess just mm. what's your – what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely. So so this is how I came to under – like really bring a resonance of, of what I went through in the past. So after I got back from Peru, I started – I got recruited to help with the art side of Catharsis on the Mall. And I was had the wonderful opportunity to participate on a panel with MAPS, uh, the Multiple Disciplinary Association for Psychedelic Medi- uh, Psychedelic Studies, um, with Rick Doblin, David Bronner, um, and their policy adv- advocates, along with Mike Margolis from Symposium. Don't know how that happened. I literally was just sitting on the benches and like, hey, you should be on this with us. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Sure, why not? So I was I was on the panel, and afterwards, this woman came up to me, and and she's like, "I was literally told to come find you. Something told me to come find you, and I found you, and I have a message for you." And she told me about her first ayahuasca story, where she remembered this language for the first time, and she was like, literally shifting prana around, like all this amazing what I think Atlantean, Lemurian type things are. And she's like, I, is it okay if I give you your light and, and channel her for you? And so I stand there in mountain pose, ready to receive, and she starts speaking this light language. And I'm like, oh my gosh, is it, this is Atlantean. Okay, cool. Um, this is amazing. And, uh, and she tells me afterwards that, that pretty much the message is that Mother Gaia loves me. And you're doing the work and you're on the right path. And she gave me my darkness in order to remember how light and bright I was. Oh, my God. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, whoa, that just happened to me. It did. And so I reflect on on the things of the past. And I and what I realized and what some of the some of the knowledge I actually gained from Kauai by going to the Hindu temple um, out there was that we go through things called apophatic knowledge and that humanity has been going through apophatic knowledge for the past 5,000 years, 5,000 year cycle. And that means that you're going through things that are not you in order for you to one, be empathetic to a whole other level and Mm -hmm. two, so that you may actually know what your genuine authentic self or understanding of self, understanding of self is. Mm. And so I went through challenges of being poor, impoverished. I went through challenges of being a biracial, usually a little bit more browner when I'm not winter person. I went through being an LGBTQ person, interpreted also the trans struggle I understand in a very deep way. And I also... There's another one. There's a lot of things that I that my pre, my previous consciousness chose to go through in this time. 
um, so that I can relate on such another level with people and to like really shift the narratives because I've been there. I've experienced that and I've shifted it myself. And where that leads, I've gotten messages and downloads of where I'm headed by 2036. And I'm definitely open to sharing them. I don't speak it out loud that much, but um, the moment actually in February at a, at a meeting of February 2017, I decided that I, one of my path, one of my, my biggest path is to run for a political office. I knew that's what you're going to say. Love it. Yeah. So, Love it. <laughs> and for me, I, it, it was scary. But every time I am able to sit with Mother Gaia and we're having a conversation, she's like, this is your timeline. This is the biggest goal. And this is also who you are galactically. And, and I recognize things that I'm doing with catharsis. I'm literally building a little city within the organization um, and learning how to govern it and do governance in a new way. Mm-hmm. And and a bunch of different things in order for me to be the future of politics, I guess, like not even politics, like just like serving and serving a community, not even being in a government, but build, being in a council and creating council to help serve my community. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, all these things add up for you to have a lesson, but is everyone in the same process? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, you know, because it's really, it's really easy to, to recognize these things. And then you're, you're led to to two choices. I believe there's always two choices and two frequencies that you can make your choices on. One is based in love and one is based in fear. So going back to superfoods, when I went to the Perium convention, I literally had a freak out. I was like freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm literally looking into my future right now of success and love and unconditional love and being this spiritual leader in my community. And it freaked me out because I had two choices. I could stay comfortable and continue repeating the patterns over and over and over again because that's comfortable, that's easy. Or I can take the hard path and let go of those those patterns, those, those fractalized seeds, let go of them and actually rise into my power. And that's a freaky decision to make. And I think at one point, everyone can make that decision. And some people will choose the path of staying comfortable and just continuing to perpetuate those same patterns and cycles because they think it's working for them. And that's that they probably don't think that they're good enough to get anything more than that. Or you can be like, nah, I deserve the best. I deserve my visions. I deserve my dreams. And I'm going to make a shift. It's going to be hard. It's going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to cry a lot, but I'm going to do it. And I think it's up to whoever that person is to recognize when that's happening and bring a deeper awareness and to be able to make that decision. And so in August, I made that decision to let go of anything that I knew as me and to welcome anything new and to end patterns and to recognize them and be like, man, this is going to be hard. We're going to do it. Thank you. That's awesome. And, and actually just um, on the political uh, topic, what do you see being the uh, political structure 
in the future, like in that timeline? Do you see it being the way that it is? Do you see it being a whole different type of structure? Hmm. By 2036, I think that things can shift and change. Right now, what are we at? 2019, so it's about two decades. I think things are going to shift, but it's going to take someone willing to to shift it. I think that the ultimate thing is that this this hierarchical government type structure isn't quite working. I guess it's worked to a point, but it's simply not adhering to how big we've grown as a populace. And it's not listening to people. It's only listening to profit. And so I think there is a shift. I think what we're seeing right now is the crumbling of this old paradigm of the eight stories that I talk about, which is like heteronormativity, capitalism, white supremacy, all those things that Mm -hmm. cause a lot of divisiveness. Those things are crumbling. Mm -hmm. And what is rising is a place of unity and harmony. And I believe that going from a bureaucracy to what Hannah Ardent philosopher calls count uh, would be councils is what they do up in um, like Scotland and the uh, Netherlands. Exactly. Yeah. So more cance- council type type um, governance, I, I believe is where I would like to build from. And so when I get elected to a small Congress or, or from that area, the way that my team is going to be functioning is going to be in councils, which is what I'm building right now with catharsis. Um, yeah. So I, I, that is my dream (laughs) and my vision. Love it. Thank you for sharing that again. And it's crazy because I just had this conversation with my parents the other day. They were like talking about politics in the future. I was like, I don't think it's going to – I think we're going to have councils. I said the same thing. I was like, I think it's going to be a council of people. And I said like the Netherlands Um, because the way that – like they have the lowest murder rate, lowest every like lowest crime rate, lowest everything. They function very well. So that's – thank you for sharing that vision with us. Thank you for speaking that. Thank Um, you. And Ambi, did you say you were going to give Ethos a reading? I did, yeah. Did we want to do that now or do we have more? Well, oh, have we been doing this for 50 minutes? Yeah. It's crazy. Wow. Time flies when you're having fun. Well, I wanted to so, – I'm done. I wanted to make sure well, we were doing time. that and then – Right? I wanted to make sure we were doing that and then – if so, if we are ethos, is there anything else that you feel super called to share right now? Like before, when we is wrap catharsis this up? on the mall? Can yeah, catharsis on the mall is May third through the fifth. Definitely come by. It's free. It's going to be warm this year. For the past four years, it's been November and it's been freezing. So <laughs> I think I'm so going yeah. and bringing people because it's like right around my birthday and my partner's birthday. So yeah, if you want to come. Oh no, I'm going. Oh, okay, going. great. Yeah, so it'll yeah. Be a big I might bring my kids. Are kids welcome? Can I bring my kids? Oh, absolutely. Saturday, um, like we're definitely making more kid-friendly zones and kid-friendly activities. Kids love it. Yeah, awesome. definitely bring the family, bring everyone. It's I might free. just let them run around. Just be like, good luck. Don't Love get lost. You guys. Don't get lost. lost. And find <laughs> yourself. Each in other. Stay in group. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'd be so honored to have you all out there. Plus, to hang out and see y'all are going to be so dope. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, we will be there. So if anyone's listening and is interested, let us know. Um, We'll get you more information and uh, also come meet up with us if you're in like the D.C. area and you want to meet up with us because you just heard us. We'll both be there and so we'll eat those. Um, Cool. Anything else before we move on to uh, your reading? (laughs) Yeah, I I definitely like the very consistent message that I just really like to put out to people is to recognize what the Toltec tradition calls your parasite or what Abraham Hicks calls your self-saboteur. And to listen to that voice and to recognize it. And what it really is, it's your traumatized inner child speaking up or, and it's like, like, think about, think about who you were as a child when you were going through these tribulations, what did you want the most? And for me, I wanted to be held. And to be loved. And I didn't get that. So what I do when those things come up with my shadows or the things in me I don't like, now I am able to recognize and bring awareness to it. And I tell it three mantras. First one is, I am deserving. Second one is, I am worthy. And the third one came from my really amazing brother, Michael Page. I am who I am. And who I am is enough always. Because we are always enough and always deserving and always worthy because we're cosmic divine beings of cosmic enfolded dust into this consciousness. And we deserve to be in the thrivation of abundance because Mother Gaia is always supporting and always loving us. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. She's benevolent and nurturing. Unless you mess with her too much and then she's like, okay, cool. Now I'm going to be a mom and show you what's up. But at the end of the day, when you trust and surrender, she's there to support you. And I just really want to pass on that message that we're all worthy and deserving and enough. Because it seems to be a common theme in a lot of our self-talk. So thank you for letting me share that. Thank you for sharing. That was beautiful. That's a beautiful message. Everyone definitely needed to hear that. I needed to hear that. Ambie needed to hear that. Thank you. And um, thank you for sharing all of it, all of your stories. It's deeply, deeply inspiring and powerful. And um, Ambrosia, the great. (laughs) Ambrosia, the great. So exciting. So much pressure. Okay. So ethos. Um, So I'm going to give you a little summary of how I – hold on one second. Someone's yelling. It's okay. okay. (laughs) I know, right? Be quiet. No, our like inside joke is tell me recorded part. (laughs) (laughs) So funny story, real fast. Um, I took my daughter to the doctor today, and she's like, "Okay." And mom, what do you do for a living? And I was like, "I'm a psychic medium." And she looked at me, and I was like, "Let's just move past it. (laughs) We're here for her." And she's like, "Oh, okay." And like, it is a profession. Don't want to get into it. Okay, so Etha, so what I'm going to do, if you're okay with it, is I'm going to talk to your guides, and I see them, I hear them, and I get overall feelings from them, and I take that information and relate it to you in a way that hopefully makes sense. Okay. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, So if there's anything that I touch on that you don't want to talk about, just let me know. We'll move right past it. And if there's something that you don't quite understand or doesn't resonate with you, let me know. And I can kind of um, see how I can interpret it better for you. Okay? Because it's like charades. All right. right. Okay. So is there anywhere that you want to 
in particular with your life. Wait, before we do that, there's a message coming through. You are recreating Atlantis. Do you understand that? That resonates on a very deep level. Yes. <laughs> okay. And I keep seeing like a tower. Do you understand that too? There's like a tower coming through that you're supposed to be a part of and actually live in someday. Phew. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, that I keep hearing the tower needs to be in the middle of the city, the middle of everywhere where you can see. So that way, um, it's not looking down. Don't look at it as looking down upon people because you can't help them bring, you can't help bring people up if they don't know where to go. So you have mm. to be the light and show them where to go, show them where to rise up to. No pressure. You're good, right? No, that's, that's amazing. That's, that's quite phenomenal. <laughs> A tower. Okay. Wait, can, go ahead, Alexa. I'm so Alexa. sorry. I'm like on the edge of my seat. Can I ask a question? Uh, in, this is Ethos I know it's your reading. I'm so sorry. Can I, can it, did Ethos and I know each other in Atlantis? Oh, goodness sakes. They're saying the whole, the all, all of, not just the three of us. But all of us that have met before, that resonate with each other, have met before. This is not just one lifetime. It's not two lifetimes. It's multiple lifetimes together. Cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> that is all. Um, okay. <laughs> Ethos, uh, what other – do you have any questions? Get out of your head so much. It feels like someone's, like, squishing my head. I have questions. I will just say it's been – I've always had a lot of questions for for mediums and have never actually had anyone do a reading for me. So it's so I've so yeah, I literally have been denied getting readings for for several years now. Um so I've been like, okay, I know my own wisdom, I know my own truth, so I'll just trust in that. Um so I guess like my biggest questions have been like where where have I like what have been some of my past lives and and where ha, where where does my consciousness come from um it, so where does that okay so a i want you to know a couple of things i actually am seeing the sacred geometry again two i also want you to know that i keep seeing this um entity with you this is it's not i guess it looks like a man but it's just this entity do you understand that? Do you feel this entity with you all the time? Yes. It's not um, scary. It's actually pretty comforting. And I can see an outline of their face. It They have like a beard too, which is very interesting. Um, so a couple of things. They want you to know that the past is the past. Mm. Don't live in the past. Keep pushing forward. So the past lives are not, they're more for fun than they are important in this timeline. Does that make sense to you? Mm -hmm. As far as the story about being in jailed, you were imprisoned. Absolutely, you were imprisoned. Actually, you gave birth in prison mm -hmm. in a past life. And you lost the child. Wow. So it was very traumatic. It actually makes me want to cry. I'm like having a tough time with it right now. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's a memory that keeps coming back to you in this lifetime from previous lifetimes ago, and you don't understand why it scares you so badly in this lifetime. Do you know what I'm talking about or no? I have a feeling, but I I don't remember specifically because I did block a lot of my consciousness and and intuition as a child, and I'm slowly working on opening it up. So it is It is something that you remembered as a small child. It almost feels like a cave, like being trapped somewhere. Um, like this fear of either being isolated or this fear of the dark or possibly mm. a combination of the two. Mm. So the reason that this is coming up, they want you to know is so that way you can move past it because there's nothing in this time frame for you to be afraid of. Accept your own power, they say. And they're laughing when they say that it's a joke. Okay? So know that. That it's nothing to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so the other thing they want you to know is to... They're putting their hands out. I don't know if you can see me. They're putting their hands out like this. Mm-hmm. and it's um, it's a gift but it's nothing and they're saying accept people as they are and they will accept you as you are mm-hmm. okay so that is an area that still needs to be worked on yeah right because that's with the good and the bad it's just um, not trying to change people just accepting them the way they are mm. Yeah, that that resonates because since since I was little, uh, people would consider me to be on the spectrum, and and I noticed little ticks and little inefficiencies in systems and systems of people, and it would drive me insane, like to not be able. You need to fix this, and like recognizing that that tendency and that like perfectionism um, I've been beginning to really let that go and and to just be more present with the with who they are now rather than their potentiality because it's a curse and a blessing to be able to see people's highest self yeah and it's a curse because then I just see the future but I don't I'm not present with who they are now and that's been Mm -hmm. a big challenge for me in partnership and in romantic relationships. So thank, thank you for confirming that that's definitely a place to grow and to continue to work on. And it's also not your job, mm-hmm. right. To, to fix people, right. Mm-hmm. That's not what, um, what you're here to do. You're here just to allow yourself to be elevated. So people can, it's, Banana is the way that I see you. It's literally like, and I'm, this is going to sound weird. It's, it's like you are on a pedestal and I am not saying that you're better than anybody, but it is like you are on a pedestal. And instead of like looking down on people, you're actually pulling them up to meet you. 
Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you lower who you are to meet them. Does that make sense to you? Ah, that resonates so, so much, actually, because recently I've, like, really been enforcing my boundaries mm-hmm. because I've been recognizing that that I have been lowering myself because I haven't really I have been learning how to protect and have this vessel be a shield which the superfoods help with and and so so yeah I've been feeling really good and in my power by expressing those boundaries and by doing so I'm also teaching others how to express those boundaries but also recognizing that I can it no longer serves me to come down there that Mm -hmm. it only serves me to 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 be who I am and for that to serve in whatever way for whoever's life that I'm interacting with. Because they're naturally going to rise up to meet you or they just won't meet you. You are, this is what they're saying verbatim, you are this bright ball of light in this little tiny physical body. Okay? So keep being that bright ball of light. Yeah. Yeah. That's something too. I've had a had well I so when I was in Kauai, I went to the Hindu temple and they had one book there that called my name out and it was the Lemurian scrolls. And um in that book they talk about how literally our this perception of reality is literally only a third of everything that's happening and that we're actually what we see is like two projections of planets. And I'm beginning to understand that, that this also reflects outwards to the cosmos and Mm -hmm. that we're, that our goal is to not just be a star, but to become planets and not then after the planet to become a sun, like Ra, you know, like Mm -hmm. Hermes was, is Mercury and, and, and Ra is the sun. And I felt, I feel myself like on a path to becoming a son, if that makes sense. And I'm not, I, I feel it intuitively. So it is my truth. I'm not going to question it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So I want to talk about what really fast with your job I don't know what you consider your job, but whatever you consider your job, you need to stop putting so much pressure on yourself because it literally feels like there's a ton of weight on my shoulders right now. And when I asked what, what in your life was that for, they said work. So whatever you consider your job, it's weighing you down to have that mind frame shifting the way that you're looking at things, shifting the way that you're perceiving the reality around you in regards turning over rocks that feel like they're boulders will help you lift this weight off and asking for help. Can you go into a little bit more detail about like, the shifting the rocks and the boulders that you're yes. talking about? Let's see.
So with this, it it feels like it needs to be, uh, okay, I hope I don't offend you, but it feels like it needs to be, from your vantage point, it needs to be one way. It's one specific way. It can be no other way, or it can be two ways, but this is it. It's only this way or this way. They keep saying it's your way or the highway, okay? Mm-hmm. You need to look at it from everyone's point of view, everyone's perspective on the situation. What is there a situation in particular that do you know what I'm talking about, or do you want me to yes. ask more clarification? Okay, can yeah, I, know I exactly ask? What talking about. Do you need more clarification? Do you need more clarification on this topic, or no? No. If you need more. Okay. <laughs> Not anymore. Okay. I know what they're. I know. I know what they're talking about. I have okay. the, that's something else I've been working on is like, I have this egoic need to be right. Nobody's and, yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's sometimes just really difficult to, to feel that something is right. And then like most people don't feel that way also. And to just like, let it go and let people just like, okay, all right. I believe that this is the truthful way and you believe it's this other way and it's okay to divert that way. So I see what I see. I see what they're saying. They said, jump outside your body. And I don't mean you can physically and you can look at it from that perspective but jumping outside your body means looking from an aerial perspective of the situation. Look from a higher perspective, right? All points of view are correct. All points of view are wrong in, the, in both of those situations. All is correct because there's no wrong way to go about something. They're mm. either going to take the short path or the long path. There's no wrong way. Mm. Yeah. Dragging perspective. Dragon perspective, yes. What other questions, if any, do you have? What other questions? What other questions? Were you very nervous in the beginning? Yes. Man, I could feel you shaking, and now it's, like, calmer. And I'm like, okay, good. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot in the beginning. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's because I've been... Like for for years, I was like begging for someone to do a reading for me, and then uh, no, everyone denied me, and then and now it's like happening. So it's like whoa. They said um, a lot of the shadow work had to be done first. Mm. Mm. They that definitely happens for sure. It's still happening, but I honor that shadow. Um, I questions questions. Um. I, for whatever reason, like I know they say past is the past and it doesn't really matter for today. It's just, I will, I do want that like for them to know that I feel that it's also very difficult to not know where you come from and to know, like, you know, I don't feel quite at home in this, on this planet and I feel that it would bring me comfort and not only not comfort, it would actually make me feel very uncomfortable to know, to really know the full scope of my power. And that means knowing from the past to the future 
and there's been slow unlocks as I shared with you before. And so for me, the questions keep coming back to that, if I'm being completely honest. And I understand that like that the past doesn't matter who I am here now because I made the choice to be who I am now, but to, to harness that power and to be like, I am, I believe would, I don't know. Or is that ego? I can't really tell. So the part of this, this is I'm just going to tell you what I'm seeing and feeling okay but Mm -hmm. what they're saying is the part that you're seeking is here the part that you are seeking to come through is in your voice and it's blocked right here it's like there's something that won't come up or go down it's stuck right here Mm -hmm. in your throat chakra that being said They're very sarcastic sometimes. Okay. <laughs> so they're saying, if you want to know <laughs> the sarcastic part, they said, if you want to know who you are, why don't you do the 23 and me? They're joking because that's not what you're asking. And they understand that. They're trying to be funny. <laughs> so what? <laughs> cheeky. So, cheeky. Yeah, very cheeky. <laughs> yeah. So um, they said that you appreciate them. So what they want you to know is that you are a star seed. You are not, you, you are galactic. You are away from here. But that's not who you chose to be here. And that's why they're saying that the past is the past. You chose to come into this experience with amnesia. Hmm. Of course I did. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then they want, because that's the challenge, right? That's, that's the challenge of, how do you find yourself again with amnesia? Mm. So, not an easy one. Very challenging. And you like challenges. You like puzzles and figuring out how things work. Mm-hmm. So this is the ultimate puzzle. Yes. How things work. Okay. Are you able to channel? That's a very complicated understanding for me. Um, I believe Uh, that I... With your art. You channel with your art? Yes. That's exactly where I was going. Okay. Actually, I sent you one that I straight up channeled on Saturday. I did. I got that. And I appreciate that. There's a woman's face in there. Did you see that? Mm. Okay, cool. Um, so with that, that is the um, galactic side of you coming in. That's that other entity that you don't feel here. You don't feel on this planet. You feel other planets and you've tried to name it different things. You've tried to call it different things. And the what they're saying is the actual story behind it would scare you and shock you as well in a good way, like scare your core. Mm. And they're saying, (laughs) I, (laughs) so what they're, so let me ask them something. Hold on. Can 
keep doing your work, ask questions while you're doing your work, while you're channeling, while you're doing your art, start to ask questions. Why am I going? What, what is this purpose? Ask questions. And before you can even think about the answers, just start creating this art and the answers will come to you in the form of the art piece that you're creating. Mm. It's a direct communication that they want to have with you directly. Does that make sense? How many times can I say directly in one sentence? <laughs> that that does make sense and also makes sense why I'm getting the continuous message that I need to give myself permission to fully dive deep into my art. Mm-hmm. Which is really hard to do when you're producing because there's so much. Yep. We all tell ourselves stories, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. And that yeah. doesn't mean what they're saying is that doesn't mean that you have to do 23 hours a day. So it's not an all or nothing situation. There's balance. Mm-hmm. Are you an all or nothing type of person? I used to be. Okay. Not so much anymore. I bring balance into everything. Yeah. So continue to have balance with the art because it's not as though you need to cut everyone out or cut everything else out to dive in deeply with this. It's what you're creating now will take you half the time in three months because you'll be more engaged and more fully aware of what's happening mm-hmm. and less in here. Mm-hmm. And I keep seeing you in a cocoon. I just wanted to share it with this with you because I've seen this like three or four times. You are in a cocoon and it is black and I don't know what that means. And they keep saying, you, don't, uh, you won't understand it if we explain it to you. Meaning me. I won't understand it. But it's like, it's not here. It's not physically here in this world. That explains a lot of trippy experiences I've had now. Okay, good. Because I don't understand it. So that's excellent. Yeah. Yeah, right. I see what they, yep. Um, all of that makes sense. Um, any, any, they want me to ask you this. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you could ask me or them to help make this physical experience better? Honestly, being no a- one's approval, by the way. I feel for me, like, because as a child, I blocked out a lot of my intuition and that spirituality that I've had this craving to, like, learn more about the energetics and channeling and and opening my pineal and being that clear vessel and to receive those tools whether that's in the form of a teacher a mentor books like having that clear direct guidance of how to con- how to unlock that because i don't I'm not surrounded by many people i can even be open about that stuff right now that would make it easier to really be able to harness that full power that i know is there i, I just don't know how and I'm just trusting and surrendering every day that every every day that I'm close, that I do, that I exist, that it brings me closer. So for me, like 
like I said, having a full deep understanding of myself, past, present, future, collecting that story, honestly would make like, I, that's why the stories of like, that's why the question of past lives keep coming up. And I know the answer and I understand it, but to have that collective understanding of who I was and who I am, I think is literally would make this a lot easier. And, uh, and to have to be guided to the tools or to whatever experience our teacher to like really unlock and really like would help a lot. And I'm not sure what the, if that's a question, but that's what's intuitively like coming from me. So one is that you need no one's permission and no one's acceptance. Two, that you've always been a leader. That's the position that you enjoy the most. And three, that I think you and I met so that you can meet the Arcturian that I channel because I think it's going to bring out Alexa, were you feeling that? Did you – did he come through for like a second because you closed your eyes and I yeah. saw his smile pop on your face? And for I like knew he was there. Long. Yeah. And he was like – because there's an, there's an entity that is with you all the time and I think – I don't know if he knows John or if it's like – I don't know what it is. But there's an entity there that's with you all the time and I think they want to communicate. I'm listening to myself and it's like, whoa, we're going way off the deep end tonight. So anyway, so we'll, um, you and I, the three of us, if you want to, can do that at a different time. If you want to record it, if you don't want to record it. Um, but I just really feel like that is something that that's something that I'm supposed to do. Okay. That doesn't necessarily mean that John's going to be like, Hey, here's what you were in a past life. Mm. But I think John's pretty good at telling you stuff that like, maybe you're not ready for, but it's like, Oh, you needed to hear it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. His name's John, by the way, no big deal. (laughs) What'd you say? No, no, I was just repeating. I was just repeating you, and I'm just laughing because I saw the smile on your face, and I knew he was there for a second. But I was going to ask, but I didn't want to interrupt. So, <laughs> and every time Ambie channels him, she gets this smile on her. It's it's just like the most innocent smile on her face, and it's just funny, cute. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I, I'm definitely open to receive and to to let the two connect and. You know, all the whole situation. The whole situation. And like the, okay, so timeout, the geometry is like real hardcore geometry. Just a heads up. I didn't, I didn't anticipate that one. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I see every day, all day. Yeah. So thanks for coming into my perspective on that one. It's fun. (laughs) good times good times well thank you yeah yeah and thank you to my guides and pachamama 
Father Cosmos, to both of you. You both are amazing. And I really honor the both of you and what you do for this podcast and your listeners. So I feel very deeply honored to be here with the both of you and to share my story and to have that incredible reading. Whoa. Thank awesome. you. Thank so. you. That was a very interesting one. <laughs> Let me, a very interesting <laughs> reading. I was time. like on the edge of my seat for that whole reading because. <laughs> yeah. That was like a good that. time. I liked it. I really it liked fun. the Atlantis part too. It's very exciting. And yeah. I could see it. I that could, cool. I can still see it. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. If I was an artist, I could draw it, but you know, don't have Just those talents. Describe it, time. and Ethos will draw it or paint. Oh, that's right? yeah. Serious, serious though. Yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> Is there a way that you could project your images into Ethos's brain? Have we figured I that out yet? I haven't learned how to do that okay. yet, but I am working on it. Actually, you know what? I was giving someone a reading, and I was like. Tell me if I'm wrong, but this is what you're thinking. And they were like, that's exactly what I was thinking. And I was like, should I hope I'm not telepathic? Man, not yet. Not ready. I'm not ready, but <laughs> it's coming through. Well, um, thank you, Ethos, for letting me jump inside your brain. <laughs> thank you, Ethos, for being here and letting Ambie jump inside your brain. Thank you, Ambie, for doing your amazing work. And, um, yeah, and thank you for being here on our show. Love this episode. Love all the magic that you bring and all the inspiration that you bring. And <clears throat> everyone check out the show notes. We're going to put all of Ethos's links and everything that we talked about, including Catharsis on the Mall, um, in there. And everyone check it out. And until next time, keep on blooming. Bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would give us a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. If you'd like to get in touch for a reading with Ambie, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast. Until next time, remember, open your heart to the seeds of love and light and bloom from within.